So we're exploring this awesome passage about God's foreknowing us and predestining uh, predestining us, and it might scare some people, as I mentioned uh, uh, the other day. But uh, I can assure you this is enormously good news for us individually and uh, for the world corporately, because God has destined this world for salvation. That is his plan, and it was his plan before the world was ever created. Well, we've got some more personal stuff to look at in regard to this right now, so let's do it, shall we? This is Colin Cook and How It Happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the good news, and it's described here in the book of Romans, chapter 8, well, all the whole book, but we're in chapter 8 right now, and I encourage you to listen every day, Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding areas. But if those hours are too unearthly for you, then uh, you can listen on your smartphone any time of the day or night. Simply down, uh, download a free app, soundcloud.com, and then key in how it happens uh, with Colin Cook, or di- go directly there, soundcloud.com slash faithquest. You can also hear the broadcast on faithquest.podbean.com. So, Here's this uh, verse. Let me read it again to you. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now, we looked at this a little theologically yesterday, and we'll look at it more biblically and theologically in the days to follow. But personally, let's consider it. How is your life? How are you doing? I mean, look, all of us, when we were teenagers and maybe into our early 20s, had wonderful dreams. And maybe you're listening as a young person now and you you have great dreams, great goals in life. But by the time you get to 40, I'm sorry to say that many of those dreams will not have been fulfilled and will, in fact, have been trashed. They will uh, be a disappointment to you. And many of us, many of you listening are already old enough to know that most of the dreams that you had simply didn't work out. What we need to trust and believe in is that God had a plan which was different from ours, but it was a very determined plan, and there is no accident involved. I want you to think of, well, one of my favorite stories. I bring it up often, and I don't apologize it, uh, for it because... Listen, it's worth reading once or twice a year, if not more frequently. And that is the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. Just try to think of this young man. By the way, I love the story as well because uh, the writer, possibly Moses, we're not dead sure, gives us uh, Joseph's age at various points in the story. Unfortunately, the writer of the book of Daniel doesn't do that. Uh, we don't know. We have to guess exactly how Daniel, how old Daniel was and others. But, but uh, we do have the ages of um, Joseph. And anyway, he was a 17-year-old kid. Can you not imagine the dreams of that young boy? 
how he was um, um, brought up so securely and cozily in his father's home, how he was loved by his father, those pastoral scenes of walking through the fields on sunny days. Oh, man, it just uh, really brightens my spirit to think of how lovely his life might have been or rather was, for for quite a period of time. But then everything was turned upside down, wasn't it? He had to, he told, his father told him to go and check on his brothers, so he went to search for them, and on the way they decided to kidnap him and dump him in that dry well. And one of the brothers was determined to kill him, the other intervened, and the result was that um, while they were not minding the goods, as it were, uh, some um, Midianites came along and took him to Egypt and sold him into slavery. Can you imagine this carefree, free, independent young boy suddenly becoming a slave in a foreign country? And to top that off, um, once he... Uh, was sold. He was sold to uh, Potiphar, who was uh, one of the cabinet ministers, I believe, of the pharaoh himself. And uh, the man saw the talents and the qualities and the abilities of this young man and put him in charge of his whole household. By the way, that household, I would imagine, was about 70 people uh, in number at least. Those households, you know, were little governments, really. So here's um, Joseph, uh, stepping up the ladder, as it were, but then comes that um, fornicating wife of Potiphar, and she wants to try to get Joseph in bed. But, of course, he was an honorable man, and he refused, and she was so mad, she told her husband that he raped her, and he, the husband uh, threw um, Joseph into prison, into the dungeon. Well, look at what was going on there. I mean, can you not imagine that his whole view of life and destiny was completely overturned? He would have been uh, in tears so so often and depression at times and worry and anxiety and loneliness like, like nobody's business. This boy who was so taken care of by his family, suddenly so lonely in a foreign land. Well, he was so faithful, though, that even in the prison, uh, people noticed how good he was, and the uh, the governor of the prison put him in charge of the whole dungeon. And then came the dreams of those young men, you remember, those men, rather, who were courtiers uh, in uh, the court of uh, Pharaoh, and he interpreted their dreams. They forgot him. One of them was uh, put to death. The other one was was returned to Pharaoh's household until three years later— when Pharaoh has dreams, this man remembers, oh yes, there was that kid uh, in jail who uh, interpreted my dreams. So um, they called for Joseph, and Joseph interpreted uh, Pharaoh's dreams, and you know the story. Uh, He was appointed prime minister to take care of the country while it was flourishing, because in seven years uh, ahead, there was to be a famine. Well, now, this took, all of this was 20 years in the process. I've forgotten to look up the uh, dates exactly, uh, uh, but I think uh, Joseph was about 40 when uh, he met his brothers and they came for food. 
Just try to imagine that. I mean, everything that Joseph had dreamed, his goals, his plans for his twenties and his thirties, were all dashed. But slowly it became evident to Joseph that a providential arm, hand, a providential hand was at work. God himself was at work in his life with an entirely different plan. And what brought peace to Joseph was that he was submitted to God. He was willing to let God have his plan instead of Joseph having his plan. And, of course, the famine came, uh, but the country was prepared because Joseph had prepared for the famine by um, storing up loads of grain ahead of time and in preparation. And then the, uh, the brothers turned up from Canaan, and there's a whole story there that we can't go into right now. But at the end of it was that the whole family of uh, Joseph, the Israelites, 70 of them, some say 75, depending, and they were all transported to Egypt where they lived prosperously. But you see what you, what's going on. The providence of God, the foreknowledge of God, is not simply knowing what will happen in the future, but God planning it, foreordaining it. Now, I want you to kind of look at your own life and consider what that means for you. Your life may look like hell. You may look back and think and see all the disappointments all the regrets and sorrows, all the struggles with sin that have just sidetracked you so often, all the failures of relationships, all the uh, lost hopes in regard to making a, a good business out of your life, good uh, uh, family business or corporation or something, and it all fell flat, and you're living with a sense of disappointment. Well, I want to say to you, lift up your heart by faith and say to your heavenly Father, Father, I had a plan, but you had a greater plan. And even though to me right now, dear Father, your plan doesn't seem all that great, nevertheless, I believe your plan is greater, because right now, Father, I'm praying to you, and I know you, and that itself is a miracle. Because most people do not know you, you have appointed me to know you. You have predestined me to know you. You have known me intimately, and not because I'm any more special than anyone else, but because you love the world, you love every soul. But you have appointed me to be one of your ambassadors, and even though I haven't done much witnessing in life, dear God, I thank you that I know you by faith. And knowing you by faith means that maybe somebody will come into my path one day, that needs to know you also, and I will be able to share that I have come to know you through all my difficulties. I have come to know you through all my sorrows and losses. Try to understand, you see, that God works through losses. In fact, he often creates the circumstances and foreordains the circumstances of those losses so that we might come to know him.
So you see, when it says, for whom he foreknew, take heart from that. To know God, uh, for God to know beforehand is not a simple statement about God knowing the future. When God foreknows, he intimately knows you. In Ezekiel, Israel goes through trouble, and God says, and then they shall know that I am the Lord. Do you think that's a simple knowing? Not at all. That is an intimate knowing of God through troubles, through trials, through tragedies, through losses, but in the end, knowing that God is infinitely merciful and good. And what did Jesus say about knowing? This is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is the knowing that uh, Adam and Eve experienced when they came together. They knew one another. This is our God who intimately knows us, and he intimately knows us beforehand, even before the world was created. Can you imagine it? And that knowledge guarantees that we will make it safe to shore. Thanks for joining me today, and I'd love for you to help the program, if you could, with a little bit of uh, support financially. If you can make donations, please do so, because this is radio, a listener-supported radio. I don't get paid by KLTT. I listen, I, I broadcast based upon the faith that you, as a Christian listener, will respond with help. So if you'd like to make a donation, please send it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160, or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Thank you for all your support in the past weeks, months, and years, and also for your little notes. They are very, very cheering. All right, I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless. <laughs> 